Sometimes life is messy. Have you ever wished you could refocus your mind, home, relationships, and work life? Join us as we use research-based information to make practical changes and simplify life. This is Life Simplified. Welcome to Life Simplified. Today we're going to be discussing all things budgeting. If you are one of our loyal followers, we have discussed on this podcast ways to save money during the summer and ways to save money in the kitchen. One area that we really haven't discussed are family budgets. So I thought it would be a good time to talk about either starting a family budget or maybe revisiting your budget if your family already has one. We have discussed over the past few weeks some tips to help transition from summer to back to school. And just like any new transition into a different season, there are additional costs, whether it be extracurricular activities, school trips, books, if you're going back to college, computers. Uh, So it's a great thing to just take a step back and either make a budget or revisit what you already have. So today we're going to be discussing how to build a budget, the importance of communicating about finances with your family, and ways to get your children involved with your finances. So we're going to start off with a question for you all. What benefits have you all found from developing a budget? So I think um, having a budget helps with clarity on where your money's going each month. You know, what exactly are we spending it on? Um, is it eating out? Is it clothing? Is it fun stuff? Is it, you know, just everyday bills for, um, you know, electric water, all those things, just so you kind of know, because then you can identify like where can I cut back? One of my things about far as budgeting, you know, if something happens and your washer goes out or, you know, something breaks of absolutely having that extra money to be able to fix it too. You know, that budgeting that in, saving extra money, you know, because things happen in life. So we need to make sure that we can take care of what we do have when it does. When I know where my money is going, I'm not spending quite as much as I would if I'm just swiping that card or not really thinking about it. When I first started frequently creating a budget, it was because I decided I realized that I was spending so much money dining out and that's not exactly where I wanted my money to be going once I added up to actually see how much I was spending. So now I've got that set amount that I give myself each month that I'm like, okay, you can spend this dining out with your friends, going out to lunch. And then when it's, once it's gone, it's gone. And so then I can feel comfortable with that amount of money. I definitely agree. And I think like the dining out, you know, just money on food in general is really where a lot of our money kind of gets um, taken that you you don't realize it's because it's something you need you need to eat so you're not really thinking about it it's not like going to a movie or a concert or a vacation where you're really like oh do I have the extra funds for that you just kind of spend it and as we're going into the back to school season I know I really start thinking about like my kids aren't eating at home as much 
And so what does that look like as far as preparing for them to either pack their lunches and needing extra money for the grocery store or buying lunches at their their school? So that is one of the areas right now that I'm thinking, okay, we need to kind of start adjusting the budget because I know that's going to be a different expense than it has been for the last few months during the summer. Uh, yeah, that's similar for us. Um, we have a daycare that sometimes closes a little bit during the summer. So we've had to, uh, luckily we've had grandparents to watch, to watch our son. And now that we're transitioning back into full weeks with daycare, we're going to have to start paying the weekly costs versus, so it's kind of a mix of, we were buying more food and less daycare expense. And now we're going to be more daycare expense and less foods at home. So I think that definitely, definitely is a great thing to think about. Um, so just kind of basic, just building a budget just allows you all to find the unnecessary spending habits that you may have. And it just helps you identify exactly where your money is going. So first, we're just going to talk about how to build a budget. And the first step in that is setting goals. So you need to decide what your biggest needs are, whether it's paying off a large bill or saving up for an extracurricular activity, or maybe you have a senior in high school and you have a senior trip coming up, you know, what that may large things may be. And also something to think about is building an emergency fund. And um, Joni mentioned that earlier. If your washer goes out, your dryer goes out, or you need new tires. I had to recently buy new tires for my car. And it seems like those things are going up along with food and prices. So just trying to have that extra money so when things do go wrong, you have that money for it. Previously, we've had some podcasts and we talked about making a smart goal. And so if you haven't had a time to go to listen to that, um, I would suggest that you go back to listen to how to develop a goals that are smart and measurable and they're timely and that way when you do set your family budget goals, you're going to be more successful. Uh, some tips when you're starting a goal is to start small. So if you are thinking about saving for a large expense, starting with saving, you know, $50 a month or $25 a month, whatever your budget will allow. And then as you take time to do that, you'll see that your money starts to accumulate and you have a larger amount. So don't feel like you have to save thousands of dollars every month because realistically things are going to happen. So that's just one tip to think of. And also when you're setting your goals, you want to think about paying yourself first. So when you uh, get your paycheck, um, whether it's monthly or biweekly, whatever that may be, taking that money out at the beginning, as soon as you get your paycheck, because you're not going to miss it. And that way it's gone. It's out of sight. Whereas you, if you do wait and you're like, oh, I have, you know, $50 extra this week, I can save it. You may have more if you go ahead and take it out at the beginning of the at the beginning of the week or what, however your paychecks come in. And I've found with paying myself first, if I wait till the end, I can always find something to spend that money on. So if I pay myself first, then I'm less likely to find that thing to spend it on. I agree. And for me, it's all about a mind game. Once I have that money transferred to my savings account, like it really hurts my feelings to move it back 
to my checking and use it on something. But if it's in the checking and it never moves to savings, then I'm just like, oh, it's there. It's great. But there's just something about watching that number add up in savings that it hurts my feelings to have to try and take some of it out and feel like I'm going backwards. I also agree with you, Tiffany, uh, because uh, being able to bring it out of that savings account, I don't like to, but sometimes you have to, like my water bill this past month was $170. So I had to move just a little because it, I didn't have that much in my budget for my water bill, but just also remember it's there. Yes, you do not want to touch it. You want to save it as bet as much as you can, but don't put yourself in a bind any somewhere else that you know you got that extra money. So after you sit down and you develop your goals, the next thing you want to do is list your income. When you list your income, you want to think about all the different ways money is coming in. You want to look at it in ideally a monthly setting. So if you are getting paid twice a week, you would add that up. Um, do you have money coming in from Social Security? Do you receive public assistance? Do you have multiple jobs or just maybe there's some money that you just have additionally that comes in that you just want to make sure you're accounting for all of the money that comes in. And once you have that total, you want to go ahead and look at your must spend item. So what do you all think a must spend item is? Food, shelter, utilities. Yeah, exactly. So those things that you have to pay, whether it's your car, your car insurance, or if you have a mortgage to pay, child care. That's one thing I, th you know, that I mentioned earlier. If there's a loan, an extra loan, or fuel, something that if you have to travel to work, those are must spend things. So you want to make sure that you're incorporating that into your when you're making your list of your must spend things. And so if I'm going to put in the show notes, there is a great publication and different forms from Penn State Extension that break down exactly uh, list and how you could do this to make it a little bit easier. So if you've never had a budget before, or if you just want to maybe rework your budget, uh, we'll have that there. They're downloadable PDFs and you can fill that in. So this will kind of help you a little bit if you're starting your must spend items. Um, but I also want to think about when you I mentioned you want to kind of do this monthly, but it doesn't hurt to sit down and think about yearly as well. Because if you're looking at saving your emergency fund or building up that extra savings account, what are some things that you pay for that are annually? Think about taxes. Or what about those holidays when Christmas comes around or there's birthdays that come around? And so if you incorporate these into your must-spend items that you have each year or each month, however you, you dream up your budget, that you will account for those. So if you put $25 back each month at the end of the, when Christmas comes around, are you going to have that extra money? Whereas if you wait until October and you're like, you have two months to start saving for Christmas. So that's something to think about when you are, are looking at your must spend items. Just to kind of stop you for a second, you was talking about saving for Christmas and also taxes. Many years ago, our local bank offers far as a Christmas club. And I started um, doing the Christmas club uh, 
for Christmas, number one, and for our taxes. It never failed that every year our car taxes come along with our house taxes, our property taxes. So I started putting extra money in. I never see it. It comes out automatically every week at the end of the week when we get paid. And then that money is there for me for Christmas and also to pay our taxes. So that's just another tip that I do when I, I'm budgeting too. And I, when I fix my budget, I automatically take that out of my budget too. So that way that money is already gone. That's a great that you do that because it's, it's sometimes these things sneak up on us. Um, even if you do birthdays, some, I have a, like a yearly calendar and I'll write everyone's birthday down that because in our family, we have like three birthdays in July and it's, it can get expensive. And so it's just important when you're making your list to think about those things. And the last thing that you want to put on your expense sheet and into your budget are flexible expenses. So what do y'all think are examples of flexible expenses that you would want to put into your budget? Starbucks. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think about my fun money. Like <laughs> I want to budget money for like the weekends. If you get a free weekend, uh, you want to be able to do the things like I said, like you want to be able to go to a movie every now and then or go out to eat dinner or take the kids to play miniature golf or just anything just for you know, just a little fun, spur of the moment fun. That's what I think too. I think of my dining out while uh, while I think it's necessary that I have that. It's really not. I could I could do without that. So that is my flex. That's one of my flexible expenses, that dining out. And like Tiffany said, my fun money. This is what, and I can spend it on whatever I want. So if I want to dine out with it, or if I want to go buy myself something pretty, you know, whatever you want to do, that's your fun money. Exactly. So fun money is is a great way to look at it. Um, something else that I'm not sure you all do, I'm not there yet, um, is allowances for your kids. I'm not sure if that's something that you all have done or, or strive to do. If you have your kids do chores and you give them allowances, um, but that could be in that flexible account because if you because flexible expenses are just monies that you have left after paying your must-have things uh, that to use for. So, do you all is that something that you all do or include into your your flex expenses? Well, when my kids was smaller, uh, which mine are all young adults in their twenties now, uh, we did. Now they did not get paid for cleaning their own rooms. They that was their choice. There was that. That wasn't their choice because they didn't want to clean them, but that was their responsibility because that's their room. But if they did helped with dishes as they got older or far as swept the floor, dust, even give the dogs a bath, I would have a set amount each week that they would do. But like I said, cleaning their own room, that's, that's their responsibility. I have actually started researching this because I would like to start an allowance, but I'm really torn between the, is it, do you work for this money? Do you get this money? And this is used to pay for X, Y, and Z. So I've actually been doing some research on it and I thought it might be a really good podcast topic. So I'm really glad that you brought it up. As soon as you brought it up, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I've been looking this up. We need to talk about this. So Listeners, if you think that is something that you would want us to dive deeper in, because I've been looking at it personally, but that's something that we I really think we could benefit from a group discussion, looking at the research and seeing what 
we've all done. So I, I like it. We should talk about that. I'm I'm working on putting it into the budget, but I haven't decided how to do it yet. Okay. So I'm interested in the research. Um, I will say that we do not give our kids an allowance. Um, that's not something that we've ever really started with them. For us, it's more of um, this is one, your responsibility to help out the family around the house, but also this is how you earn all of the things that we pay for, for you, all the extracurriculars. And so my kids do play a lot of sports. They're involved in a lot of activities. And so for us, them doing chores around the house is just part of them earning their way and their ability to participate in those activities. And then we budget that into our budget for those activities. So it's a little bit different. Um, but I'm always open to new ways to do things. And I would love to see what the research says and how this is working for other families. So I, I think that would be intriguing to dig in a little bit deeper. Well, it sounds like we've definitely stumbled upon a new topic, but um, just in the information that I've kind of found is that the uh, allowance is more, uh, it could be in that flexible. And as we'll talk about a little bit later, it's some, it's also an opportunity to get your kids involved in talking about finances as well. We've talked about listing our incomes. We've talked about our must spend items, our flexible items. And then the last thing is checking your plan. So this always is a great thing to do. So after you get your whole plan together, you want to make sure that it balances out, that you're not going over what you what your income is. And if it doesn't, you can go back to those flexible expenses. Is there something I can take out? Maybe this week I don't need to go to Starbucks or I don't need to go out to lunch. I need to pack my lunch. So these are just some things to think about is just sitting down and checking your plan. And this could be something that you do monthly or every other month. It's kind of whatever works best for you. Because as you can kind of tell, we all do things differently, but we all do have some sort of budgets. Just because the information that we're linking has it kind of laid out details on how to do it doesn't mean that your family has to do it that way but it's just a general guide for you to use if you have not developed a budget before the next thing we're going to dive into is communication we talk about communication a lot on our podcast but maybe not into the realm of financial communication so i want to take some time to just talk about the importance of sitting down and communicating with your family about finances. Is that something that you all do typically? And if it is, what does that look like? Is it something you do weekly or monthly? What I'm interested to hear from you all. Well, for me in my household, um, my children, I mean, they really don't, they, I mean, they kind of have an idea, but they don't as far as what our budget and our spending plans is in that. Now me and my husband, we do, we sit down and talk about it. We may not do it every week or every month, but we do sit down, especially if we know we've got something big that we've got to purchase. We discuss it, you know, how can we cut here, take there, you know, to do it, you know, because with our general bills, he already knows like what they are, you know. So if we need to cut out going to Starbucks, I was kidding when I said that while ago, but that is something that I do enjoy having also is Starbucks. But you know, just trying to decide, okay, we don't need the inflexible spending things. We need to put it towards something else. So he's very involved when it comes to our finances as well. 
Yeah, very similar um, for us. Uh, my husband and I communicate a lot um, on finances, and I kind of take the lead in making sure the bills are paid, but we both know what we have and what's going on. Um, we know how much is in our savings. Um, and if there's a big expense or an expense that we didn't really expect, then we discuss like, what is this going to look like? How are we going to tackle that? Now, as far as our kids, I don't really loop them in a lot on those type of conversations. But what I do try to do is in just daily living, when they're asking for something or wanting something, if it's not something that's within our budget or that I feel like is a good use of our finances, I will try to explain to them like that's a little bit more than what we were planning on spending in that area. This is why we need to cut this out. Remember that special thing we did last week? That was all the money we had for that that area for right now. Um, just to kind of get them thinking like money is not infinite. It's not everywhere. It's not on the trees. You know, we heard our parents say that it didn't grow on trees. It would be lovely if it did. Um, but I want them to understand that while they're very blessed and they have nice things and we are able to do a lot of things, we can't do all the things. And it's port important to pay attention to what you're spending your money on and just not go wild every day on all the things that you want. My husband and I discuss our budget and talking about our bills and those kinds of things. And as far as the kids go, we don't discuss specifics with her at this age, but we have been talking a lot about, well, this is our budget and this is the money that we use for this. And one thing that we do, and I debated on whether or not to do this, but when we do back to the school shopping, we tell her what her budget is and give her the number. And I went back and forth, back and forth. Like she doesn't need to know how much we spend on back to school shopping. But I found that telling her how much money she had to spend really made her think about her choices. Because when she just, it was never an unlimited amount, but when it was an unlimited amount in her head, well, I want all the things. But when she really had to choose and I'd say, okay, well now you've only got X amount of dollars left. Then she'd be like, oh yeah, no, I don't want this one. Put this one back. It has really helped her learning a little bit about the budget process, even if she doesn't know specific numbers. Yeah, I do think um, when you're out shopping with your kids, if you let them know how much that item is that they're wanting, because sometimes they just want it because it looks neat or it's cool or it's the newest whatever, and they don't really pay attention to the price on it. But I've noticed, especially with my daughter, if we're out shopping for clothes and she's like, I want this, I'll say, okay, well, that top is x amount of dollars and she is really cognizant of like oh no that's too much mom i don't want you to spend that on that thing um or if we're picking things out she does want to kind of go through them and only pick her favorite things because she doesn't want me to spend um the money on all the things and sometimes i have to be like no it's okay like you need that this season we're gonna get that um but i have found like being honest with kids really does make a huge, huge difference. And then another thing I, I just thought of as far as finances, with my oldest, he got his first job this summer. And so that's been good for us to help him um, learn what to do with his money because he's got a paycheck. And so we're now talking with him and we're taking him to open up a checking account and keep up with his money um, and keep up um, with what he's making because he is about to turn 16 in, in a, a little bit and so driving is on his mind and a vehicle's on his mind and so we've told him you know 
we're going to help you get a car, but you have to pay for half of it. And so you need to earn that money. And he's, he's working on doing that. So I do think just looping them in on everyday type things and discussions and it can be really helpful. I talked about that you can meet weekly, monthly, or annually. And I think there's a time for all these things. Um, we actually try our best to meet weekly. And we're, we're, it's something new we're trying out and we call it family meetings. And it's just my husband and I right now, when our son gets older, we can always include him. Um, But we go through a list of different things. But one of the things on our list is what expenses do we have this week? Or is there, is there something new? Is there something we need to look at? Or is there a large expense that's coming up? So I think for us, that seems to work. Of course, if there's something that out of the blue that drops in our lap, we'll meet when we need to meet or monthly, like if we're planning for a vacation, you know, there's always ways to work that in. But just for us, it seems like this weekly communication is really working out. I just want to go over a few tips that'll help you when you're communicating about finances. So when you do sit down, you want to make sure that it's in a location that you're not going to be interrupted. For us personally, we wait until our son goes to sleep because he's a toddler and he's, you know, here and there. We're trying to find out where he's at, trying to make sure he's not jumping off the bed. So that would not be a good time for us to try to talk about finances. So we we kind of we pick every Sunday night after he goes to bed and that's our time. So just finding some time or location whether you have to maybe get out of the house. Is it maybe you go for a coffee with your spouse or whoever's in your family and you sit down and talk about those things. You want to be clear about what items are on the agenda. So we, uh, like I said, we meet weekly. So then we each have in our mind what we want to address. And so, and you all may do that with your all's meetings. You're not just going to sit down to just talk about any type of finances. You want to be clear with each other what your items are and what exactly you're going to be talking to and try to stick to it. One tip is just to recognize that whoever makes the most money doesn't necessarily make all the decisions. And sometimes that's hard. Just everyone's incomes are different, but just just making sure everyone recognizes that fact. And then let everyone speak freely share personal wants, needs, feelings without being judged because finances are hard to talk about. Uh, growing up, and you all may have been in the same way, it wasn't really talked about. Um, I think it was just that generational thing that we don't talk about finances in front of our kids. And I think maybe that transition, it's starting to transition to where we do do that. And so if you do have your kids in these family meetings, um, this is just important to make sure you're listening to what their wants are. They may want and the newest Xbox or whatever this game is. And even though you're like, no, we're not doing that, just letting them share their thoughts, their feelings without that judgment. You know, like I said, I have older children. All of us are in a different life stage right now. But as my children did get, as they got older and got to be young adults in that, you need to teach them young also far as about these skills, because if you don't, they're not going to know how to do it. They also learn from what we do as well. You know, so always remember that is this the best way or is this not the best way? It's going to be different from every situation. 
and as far as what your family dynamic is. But, you know, I think about my oldest son. If I didn't sit down and show him like how to balance a checkbook or also write down what his bills was, also far as what bills need to be paid this week or what bills need to be paid every two weeks because he, he gets paid every two weeks. And so just sitting down with them and being aware for them as they got get older that that you do need to teach them because they're not going to know how to do it if you don't. That's a great point. Um, here's one. Uh, be open to negotiation and compromise. So that goes along with not de- not judging when you're sitting down um, in your fa- in your meetings, but being willing to just being open to that. So don't come up with your defenses up. Um, we're not going to buy that or we're not doing whatever that is. Just be open to these things. When you're setting, thinking about your short term goals and your long term goals for your family, it's noted that if you write them down, you're more likely to do these things. So if you have a short term goal of paying off this large bill or going on a staycation with your family or a long-term goal of saving up for a house. If you write that down as a family and talk about it, you're more likely to do that. So now we're going to transition into different ways to involve your children in finances. So you all have kind of talked about a a few things so far. Um, I'm going to go over some, just some research that I have found. And again, I'll make sure that we link these publications in their show notes. That way you all can dive a little bit deeper because I just kind of scratched the surface of what the opportunities are. So for smaller children, it suggests giving your child a few dollars, uh, whether they earn it or you just kind of say, here's the, your, your money for the month. Here's your fun money. And when you go to the store, giving them options. So let them pick out or you could pick out two toys for them or they pick out two toys and you say, you know, which one do you want? And one thing I wanted to kind of bring to attention when involving your children and especially I for me too uh, is remember that we're all going to make mistakes with money. So allowing your kids to make those mistakes, they will learn from that. So they may have $25 and they pick the toy that's $24. And, you know, if you give them two options, they may pick the expensive one. And then the next time they're like, you know what? I could buy two toys instead of the one, right? So just allowing them to make those choices and learn. So that's just a a small, a tip for smaller children. School age children, um, that could be letting them be a part of family meetings, of your financial meetings, or maybe showing them how to write checks or letting them fill out. Um, if some, some people still do this, some people still send checks or payments in the mail. <laughs> Not a lot of people do, but um, if you allow them to fill out the envelope, just giving them small tasks because you're showing them here's how you mail this here's how it works or even if they learn how to fill out a check just getting them somehow involved in just the conversations and the task about and then teenagers uh, you can have your teenagers set short-term or long-term goals things that they want to do and that way they can keep records you know if they have their 
savings account or if they have a, an allowance or a job or and also thinking about talking about credit with your kids because if your kids are going to college or wherever they may be once they leave home a lot of times that's when a lot of uh, creditors or uh, credit cards they start thinking about those and if you talk to them about these things before they leave home hopefully they will avoid those large mistakes with that so I've gone over different ages and different things to do. Do you all, did something pop in your all's head that you did or maybe something that, hey, I could something I could try? For my youngest birthday, we actually gave her a budget and took her shopping so she could pick out her gifts. And I was very surprised by one of the things that she picked out and really, really, really wanted to say yeah, don't get that. I didn't. I was proud of myself for letting her make that choice. Yeah, I struggle with that. I'm that mom that wants to be like, no, child, that is not what you want to do. Let's talk about a better option here. And I'll be real honest, like super candid. Like if it's my money, I'm probably going to say that like, no, I don't think so. That's that's not going to be an option today. But I do think, you know, if they're spending their money, it is important for them to understand that, like, sometimes we spend our money and we go home and we feel real good about our investment. And sometimes we spend our money and we feel real bad about our investment and we have some regrets um, and there are some consequences. But that is a good lesson in life that all of our decisions, all of our choices um, can have good or bad consequences. So I do applaud being able to do that. And I do think that that's something I'm going to be more cognizant of um, with my kids. But yeah, like in the sake of full disclosure, I do struggle. I'm very, very type A, very want to control that situation. But but I see the value in not doing that. See, I'm the type of mom that would say, okay, honey, I'll get this and you go get something else. I, I try really hard. And even as they've gotten it as young adults, to not cross that boundary, you know, because they all have jobs, they all have their bills. And sometimes they're like, Oh, well, I haven't bought you anything in a while. This is my thinking. Okay. So, and then it's like, Oh, I'll buy it for you. But I really need to set them boundaries that know if this is what they want, then they need to buy it instead of me. But sometimes I'm that mom. I'm like you said, I'll be candid with about myself. You know, I just, I just do it. I don't mean to. I get myself in a pickle a lot of times because of that. So I'm not there yet. Um, our son is still young and he doesn't really know the difference in all these things. But I appreciate you all really sharing with me what you all do. And I've really learned from the research and learned from you all. And I'm hopefully when he gets older, going to be more intentional about teaching him about these things. And then I've also picked some tips up. And I hope that you all have too about setting goals and making budgets um, through our episode. And so as I mentioned earlier, we're going to link all these resources in our show notes. So if you feel like these are topics or if you have some feedback that you want to share with us, please send us an email at lifesimplifiedpodcast at gmail.com. And thank you all so much for listening. This is Life Simplified. Thanks for listening to Life Simplified. We are family and consumer sciences agents with the University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service. Contact us at lifesimplifiedpodcast at gmail.com.